Hi, everyone. Welcome to the worst episode of the Panda Pod ever. And that's saying a lot because we have a tendency to talk excessively about disaster on this podcast. I am one third of your host, Michelle Bishop, the voter access and engagement manager here at NDRN. Justice, tell the people who you are. I am Justine, Justice Shorter, otherwise known as Justice. I am the National Disaster Protection Advisor here at the National Disability Rights Network. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Y'all, that was extraordinary. We didn't even prepare for that. This is Erica, your third of the third. Can I say that? Third of the third? Is that a thing? Sure, go with it. Yeah. I like it. I'm not sure, but do it. Let's do it. I am Erica Hudson, public policy analyst with NDR. And I guess this will serve as, well, I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say this will be my last podcast on the pond. pond. Tell the people, tell the people why this is the worst episode ever. This, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, we're going to the make bandaid it, off, Erica. Drop we're going to make it the best panda pod episode. That's the, I'm headed out. I'm leaving to go to grad school. So I, We'll be missing all these extraordinary people on this podcast and you all, but I'm very grateful that we can jump on one last time. Well, not last time. I, I'm hoping you will bring me back as a guest one day. That's going to be the plan. Justice, do we have like sad violin music? No, like but I can always violin? just break out with with um, boys to men. You Please. know what I mean? I feel Ooh, like I, it's you know, time. Okay. <clears throat> It's so hard to say goodbye to Erica on the panda pie. You better hit that falsetto. You better hit that falsetto. Okay. I don't know if you can hear me snapping in the background, y'all. It got real. And to this day, I don't even know if Erica knows boys to men. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I have tears in my eyes. That was the most beautiful thing it was ever. So, so, it's funny because I was literally about to hit with the Tevin Candle Campbell. And like I, I just felt like I should just be um asking, you know, it's a it's a whole other song and it has nothing to do with her leaving, but Tevin Campbell is dope and I feel like it's around the same time. And I just wanted to get into that, but it's fine. We'll, we'll say one know of she knows who Tevin Campbell is. She's Swedish American. She spent way too much of her life listening to ABBA. She doesn't know these artists. <laughs> We're gonna have to get you up with a playlist before you leave. Um a panda pod playlist. Yes. If you guys have recommendations, feel free to send them in to yes. an email address that will be provided in the show notes. Um but we have first ever panda have pod no Spotify playlist. Yes. <laughs> There's no way for me to know if we have show notes, but it's fine. Um, it's just, <laughs> and it's also just going to be a lot of '90s R&B, clearly. <laughs> really, clearly, and a couple, <laughs> um, you know, Swedish uh, sweet uh, songs thrown in there as well. With Erica's recommendations, I think we could do this. But there, there's so many great things to discuss, and there's been so many updates. My goodness, folks, since we've been on the pod together, it's been pretty much a year since the three of us have been joined together in conversation. So I'm really yes. eager and elated to hear what you all have been up to. I mean, we've had a whole election. We've had multiple disasters. We are still currently dealing with concurrent crises. Um, everything from the COVID pandemic to now being in hurricane season to also thinking about wildfire season and excessive heat waves and so many different things for us to unpack and for us to think about and to be aware of as we continue on doing the work to protect and advocate on behalf of and on and directly beside 
people with disabilities. So I'm excited for today's conversation. Well, honestly, last time we spoke, it was so long ago. Like you might've heard there was a little election that happened Wait, between what? then and now what? there was, there was. <laughs> <laughs> if you felt like it was supposed to end in early November and it somehow went through January, you are not alone. Um, that dra- drags on for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But actually the cool thing is, I mean, we've been sharing a lot of information about this uh, with the network. They, we made so many changes to how we run our elections based on COVID that it actually had this side effect of making elections more accessible for people with disabilities. Because so we did things like mm-hmm. making it easier to vote by mail or letting you drop it off at a drop box or letting you vote curbside, all these things that they did for the pandemic that maybe we should have been doing all along that made mm-hmm. voting a lot more accessible. So as contentious and strained as this election was, we actually probably made some awesome progress on, on really realizing the promise of the ADA and HAVA when it comes to elections. But of course, that means we're now seeing a lot of backlash in the states and um, having to work very hard to make sure that all those things stay in place and that they don't get taken away in the state legislatures. I know Erica has been doing a ton of work on this. I think that's probably, Erica, I assume that's the part you're not going to miss. You know, I... Yeah, <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Speaking of the ADA, uh, happy 31st birthday coming up to the Americans with Disabilities oh, Act, right? So Here in July, so perfect timing Ooh. that we're all talking about this. And it's so surreal that we all like met right before everything changed uh, in Justice's office and talked about voting and emergency preparedness and the 2020 census. I we talked a lot about disasters and we didn't know one was coming. No, (laughs) and I think, yeah. So here we are. And the fact that the 2020 census wrapped up, but it's still ongoing since we're still looking at that data. And we just recently found out a few months ago you know, the initial population counts for every state, which was pretty exciting to see, but also emphasize the importance of being in the 2020 census. I think New York lost a seat in the House of Representative by less than 30 people, meaning if like 30 more people had either been counted or if they weren't missed in the census, which arguably we won't know for a while. um, That's how New York lost a seat in the House of Representatives. So again, it's emphasizes the importance and ties it all together, right? With voting and emergency preparedness, given that the pandemic was happening during the count, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, now I want to actually pull on that thread that both of you have kind of mentioned the changes that come in the midst of a crisis. And of course, I'm always trying to be vigilant of these things because sometimes those changes are for the better and sometimes they make things drastically worse. Michelle, you mentioned a bit about the backlash that came in terms of voting. Can the two of you talk to us a little bit about the things that you want to keep, the things that you hope to sustain um, in terms of what has come out of COVID? Michelle, you talked about some of those great changes in terms of voting rights. Um, Are there any other things that you guys are noticing, even if it's outside of your your typical portfolio for NDRN, but just things that you have noticed in terms of the disability community that you really hope will stick around, even as the country starts to shift into a different posture as it relates to the pandemic, right? Things are reopening despite the the prevalence of the, the Delta variant and of course trying to maintain that and get that under control. But more and more people are becoming vaccinated every day and things are starting to widen 
up a bit more. Um, but what are you guys are hoping uh, will will either stick around that we've gained during the pandemic, Erica. and what are you hoping will change and get better? I'm hoping Erica will stick around. Is it too late? <laughs> that was good. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not picking up what you put down. Yeah, I had no clue what was happening either, but I'm picking up what you put down. No, this is good. Um, but, but what are you two thinking? Well, I mean, I think we did, you know, I talked about it in the elections world, but even in general, we really had this movement towards um, you can get things delivered, you can pick things up curbside. And I think that has benefits for all types of folks who may not be able to get out of the house or get to some of those places, or those places may not be fully accessible to them, or they might just be someone who's immunocompromised, who really would benefit from limiting their exposure more in general. And I think that um, we shouldn't rely on those things, right? We need to make everything fully accessible. But I guess what elections has taught me is that I love the idea of options and everyone should get to pick the option that's really gonna make it work for them. And I think the more we've created those, I hope that they stick around and we keep thinking that way in terms of, you know, just here's here's a smattering of options pick the thing that's going to make this work for you and go live your life and and participate fully in your community Mm -hmm. right and i know i mean on that too michelle right i think including myself i've said oh i can't wait until things get back to normal right i mean i know i've used that expression but the reality is why not better right and i and there are some of our colleagues within the disability community who've said that too and been fantastic at being open and honest about that conversation before things weren't necessarily the most the greatest if you look at certain aspects whether it's the flexibility with working from home for various reasons or just access to telehealth that I feel like has become more prominent now following the pandemic. Like, let's get back to better. I think that sounds really exciting and people are working really hard to get there. So I think that's something I'm excited about what the future holds. Indeed, so am I. I think there's there's just so much um, work that has been done and so much work to continue to do. Um, I there in, just in terms of the network, there has just been a groundswell of advocacy and activism and work around rationing, right, and making sure that policies, procedures, and practices concerning healthcare for individuals with disabilities, that those systems were not continuing to be structured in a way that was inequitable for people with disabilities. And then when you merge that in relation to Black, Indigenous, and people of color with disabilities, that is a a different conversation when we look at some of those disparities and we look at the impacts and the numbers and the differences of how those things bear out geographically, um, how they, they bear out in terms of sexual orientation, and then also, of course, what it looks like when all of those things intersect, when we talk about race, when we talk about gender, when we talk about sexuality. Um, when we talk about disability, when we talk about all of those things simultaneously, because we live these holistic lives, right? We don't live these single issue lives. And so thinking about that in a true sense of the word of intersectionality and its meaning around compounded forms of oppression, this is what the pandemic revealed for many. Um, and it affirmed for others, right? Others who have been saying this and who have been screaming these messages from the rafters for decades. It had amplified their voices even more. Um, no longer could their, their commentaries and their stories be cloaked in, in darkness and disbelief, right? And, and disparaging 
um, these individuals in terms of what their true lived experiences were, saying that this is not real um, because it's not happening in massive amounts of, of numbers, right? It's not impacting the, the, the masses. So in that sense, it's not real or it's not relevant. So many people have been receiving these messages in one way or another, whether it be implicit or explicit. And I think the pandemic has done a lot to move us forward in a, in a measurable way. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the, the conversation and the concentration around making sure that those who are the most impacted remain at the center of how we, we shape and how we sculpt things, right? And that, that really invigorates me. And I'm hoping that once things, you know, continue to open up and, and uh, unveil itself in different ways, in terms of this this new reality that we're all trying to build, I'm hoping that that won't be forgotten about, right? And I, I think a lot of folks from where I'm from, we typically say, you know, we're not new to this, we're true to this. You know, we've been talking about these issues before 2020, we've been talking about them during 2020, talking about them after 2020, like this is just who we are. Um, as a people, it is our story, it is the ancestry, it is the history. And um, making sure that those narratives don't get lost in this, this highly focused um, obsession with normalcy and wanting to get back to the way things were, which were not great for everybody. And that was the problem. <laughs> and we saw how much worse they could get for everyone else. Um, when, when we start to see it in connection to um, a large scale catastrophic event, such as a, a public health crisis, like the one we're dealing with right now, um, as well as other events that are taking place. I'm really thrilled that you all mentioned that because it's something that we want all the listeners to just remain vigilant of in your advocacy and your work. Please continue to stay the course and to chart new territory. Um, it go in places, go in directions that other people have not been. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it, it can be as simple as getting together with two of your homegirls, or two, two friends, or two work colleagues, and having a conversation hey. about what are the needs, right? What can we do? How can we move outside of what has uh, become the status quo in order to make some real substantive change? And those conversations do something to you. They change you both personally and professionally. And so that is only my personal testimony because it's happened for me. And so I hope that it happens for you and let us know what we can do to help you come through. <laughs> well, I would have dressed nicer for today's episode if I had known we were going to church. I'm um, just saying. Because you did preach justice. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel so you though. I mean, I don't know if I, we keep talking about going back to normal and I like ordered an air purifier and had it sent to the office. So I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm all that interested in going back to <laughs> how things work in particular, yeah. but yeah. It, you know, I hope people start staying home when you feel sick. In, instead of going into work or wherever and potentially getting people sick. I hope I still people still see people wearing a mask on the Metro if they um, do have to go out and they aren't feeling well, right? I mean, I think it's hopefully the thing the pandemic has taught us is that we can do things to take care of each other to make each, each other's lives safe. better, right? And keep each other safe. I hope that comes out of this. Oh my goodness. And you put it, talked about something great, Erica, I want to get your thoughts on this too, about workplace accommodations, right? Like people with disabilities, like all of a sudden we can tell, and, we've, and people have talked about this extensively, right? Over the last year. So I'm like, oh my goodness, things that we have been fighting for, for years, things, the exact reasons why we were refused certain positions saying that telework wasn't an option. And um, we couldn't, we couldn't get things done remotely. And I couldn't do my job in this way or that way. All of a sudden it became available to everyone. Are there other workplace accommodations or things that you've noticed just in your conversations or your dealing? 
feelings with people with disabilities um, that you've noticed have been really, really great um, attributions or additions that you, you hope stick around. Yeah, and Justice, thank you so much for sharing everything that Echo, just like what Michelle said. Thank you. This is why we always need to have these conversations on the regular basis, y'all, and come together and talk about exactly this. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that we can take in terms of workplace accommodations or the disability community using politely the expression, I told you so, in the sense that like things can be better um, and they should be. And it's not even work, right? It's just like all the things. I think I've heard numerous stories of people being able to see musicals for the first time because they were um, hosted virtually, right? Or concerts, something that is really exciting and more inclusive. And I think it gives us the option, just like Michelle said, like why not have options that work for everyone? Um, and I know we are all at home right now uh, doing this, which is really exciting, uh, but just figuring out what works best for everyone, I think is the best solution. Although I miss seeing everyone by all intents and purposes and being in the same room, this is also pretty awesome in my opinion. Opinion. So uh, just figuring out what's best for everyone. But I'm curious, I don't know, that's a good question. What else in terms of work accommodations? I feel like I need to have a better response to that than no, that was what I'm currently answer. thinking of. Goodness. <laughs> Sorry. That, no. Did anyone else notice that Erica said you all are at home doing this right now? Where is <gasps> Erica? Oh, I'm at home. I'm currently. <laughs> no, I should uh, be more explicit. I am also. She's already in Sweden, isn't she? No, right. Um, wearing pajama pants still to be completely transparent. So. I am all I am all about it. I am wearing basketball shorts, which has been Ooh. my uniform. Yeah, it's it's been yes. my summer my summertime uniform because it's so hot in DC, and that's another thing about you know thinking about the weather and thinking about the environment, the heat waves that have been going um, across yes. the country. I think you know DC yesterday was around ninety five. You know where I'm where I'm from, my hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was ninety three. Texas is Whoa. you know and the areas around the south are double digit or triple digits, right? So in the California, triple digit numbers that that folks are noticing, and that that has. Um, some some real uh, difficult and and heavy effects, specifically as it relates to individuals with disabilities trying to find cooling centers and getting transportation to these places. It is it is issues like this um, that really stand out in my mind, and it's primarily because they sometimes don't make the the same um, level of of impact in terms of media attention. Right? They don't they don't sometimes get the the same level of attention as a really big storm would get, or perhaps as a massive wildfire would get. But they also really impact the the lives and the well being of people with disabilities. Um, so it's it's a huge issue and I'm hoping that people also have the opportunity to stay cool um, because that's that's a conversation that sometimes gets overlooked. But in terms of what you were saying also, Erica, I also completely agree that it should not just all be about work, right? And we also have to understand that people with disabilities and people, in, you know, even those who do not have disabilities, your worth is not tethered to your work. Um, you have inherent worth as a human being holistically. And so to honor and, and understand that. And so all parts of how you find joy and pleasure um, in life is important. Like you were saying, Erica, the theater shows, my goodness, I miss theater, you know, concerts, things like that, people having access 
access to those things virtually is a huge deal. And also being able to, once things open back up, um, having the option to, to go there in person and making sure that, that access is provided in those physical spaces, just as much as they're hopefully going to remain um, some degree of access um, in virtual spaces as well would really be monumental to make sure that people can continue participating in all parts of life um, that they deem appropriate and important for them. Right. That's a great point. Ooh, that was good. I point. love how the segues are happening. This is why we're <laughs> host of the hand. And also I will say when you said monumental, I thought that was appropriate because we're like, we're in DC monument. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, had to throw that out. Oh, there. No. On the nose, yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was saying. It's like uh, she can't leave without doing a pun. No, good pun. Um, I think you'll just have to be ready for all the fruit questions that I'll leave behind for you all. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome mm-hmm. in advance. But I think that's a really good point. And we, I know, we talk about a lot of serious things during the panda pod. Uh, but also, I'd love to hear about what people are passionate about outside of all the important work that they do mm-hmm. and what they find joy in. And I think for some, including myself, that was amplified during the pandemic and during everything that happened in 2020. I know I started baking a lot. So that was wonderful. And I found camping, which I know based on that <laughs> conversations, that's not everyone's favorite on this podcast, but mm-hmm. I'll saying is that what I found to be amazing what did you all do anything in particular that you found joy in during the pandemic okay first of all camping just sounds like how you die in a horror movie and I'm I'm sticking to that (laughs) I have seen enough 80s slasher flicks to know that that holds up um but I have probably over the past year spent more time with my baby nephews who are four and about to be two uh than I ever could have imagined and they are hilarious and wonderful and give very good hugs mm-hmm. that is awesome oh my god kids give the best hugs my nephew who's eight years old um actually just recently told me that I needed to break up with DC um so it's just like you need to stop going back and forth to DC this is he's, he's over it you know he lives in Milwaukee and he's just done it's like you need to break up DC's no good for you like this this is a wrap <laughs> he's not feeling it anymore the kids right, are just look, amazing we're already losing Erica so I need your nephew to back up a little bit okay <laughs> he is so passionate about this but and you know, actually, and, and thinking about people with disabilities as, as whole people and, and, and with whole lives and, and multifaceted lives, I, you know, another thing, I'll be quite candid, that, that has really um, given me a lot of joy is to, to notice love, right? Like the, just, just people, whether it's love or family members, just people coming together on Zoom calls, right? people making a concerted effort to hug one another <laughs> not like you know people who've been like that's in your pot you know but like caring giving you know distance hugs and 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 you know kids sending kisses people's way you know just I, I love you I care for you making calls to folks who they haven't spoken to and I don't know how long some folks have gone back to pinning letters or writing kind of more long-form emails but really kind of focusing in on the connection that we have with one another even dating wise like you know folks are just like I, you know, I, I want to focus more on my personal life too. Again, understanding that people are not machines who are just work, 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 but also, you know, care about building families or building relationships um, and having love and joy in their lives and pleasure in their lives in a multitude of ways. And that has really lit me up inside um, everything from even the end of life celebrations, because there's been so much loss, but people coming together to show their expression of love for even those who 
um, were not able to survive the, the who, who did not survive the, the certain disasters or even the pandemic, um, but coming together in that way and then letting love fuel them and fuel their advocacy, right? To say that, that no other family should go through this or, or no other um, child should have to lose a parent this early. And so letting that love be the, the back force be the, the the true backing of their their advocacy has really lit me up as well. Um, so I think about love in this conversation too. And, and love is the thing that really fuels me in a lot of ways. And when I am preparing, you know, remarks or to do a, a workshop or speaking, I, I really try my best to let love lead me. What do I think these people whoever the audience is really needs to hear. And if I don't have something that I think is pertinent to say, or that's going to add anything, I just try my best not to say anything. Just like, you know, you know I think you guys good. You got it. You know, you don't really need me on this panel, but I think um, letting love be my barometer for that uh, has been really helpful. So 2020 revealed that to me. It really, it really helped me to get more centered in love. You know, the other thing too is, um, as we're having this conversation, I think for folks who are listening, I know there's a lot of work to do. There's always a lot of really pressing work to do. The, the work that we do is so important and it changes people's lives. And that's always with me. But, you know, as we talk about getting back to normal or getting back to a better version of normal, thinking about those things that you realize over the past year give you joy or peace or fuel your fire or whatever it may be and think about how you're going to take those back into the world and and think about how you're going to take care of yourself as we do that mm-hmm. absolutely self-care is huge erica how are you going to be taking care of yourself when you go I, to sweet i was going to say this episode is really all about erica so i feel like erica what do you want to talk about on your way out the door yeah. Oh, I just wanted to talk to you all. That's what I wanted to have happen. It's been one of the greatest joys doing this. And I know it's not a goodbye. Um, it's 100% just to see you later. Uh, so I'm not worried at all, but it has truly been one of the greatest joys to do this. I will never forget the memories that we've had doing this. And you know, I and my grandmother will continue to listen to the Panda Pod and all the important work that you all are doing. Uh, as I'm in Sweden, probably listening to ABBA, like Michelle said, because <laughs> even well into 2021, it appears Swedes still listen to ABBA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and all the classics right there. Just add uh, Tevin Campbell, can we talk, add it to the list. It's, it's dope. Yes. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's a classic. Um, and I'm about to, I'm so about to blast it once we get off this call. because I'm into it. Tevin Campbell. Can we talk for a minute? It's a whole yes. vibe. I mean, I'm, it's a whole vibe. And so- wow. And the first time we ever had to use the bleep button. There it is, folks. Was right. I don't know if that was the first time. I already said cut last time. Uh, but I'm not going to get sad because that will just be endless. Uh, but I think couldn't think of a better way to do this with anyone else on the team and also of course our incredible communication specialist tina who has mm. done all the work for this um y'all amazing and maybe next episode not next episode because there's still some things i think that the world needs to work out before then but then one day we'll all just record in sweden and it will be fantastic 
We'll go yes. in go on Can we get tour. NDRN to pay for a Swedish episode where we go to Sweden? It's probably mm. on the list. So talk about advocacy. Right. Talk about advocacy. Right. I think we should be advocating for those things. Exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like the only last request I have is for you all to sing us out, right? Is that an option here? I mean, you already sang, so I feel like that should be the last of it as we continue everyone's important <laughs> advocacy and sing us out. <laughs> What's your request? Who I was going to say, song, song request. I, I honestly, you all do whatever you feel most comfortable with is what I would say. I don't want to put mm-hmm. you on the spot, which I clearly already did. <laughs> I don't, I've been throwing out songs, Michelle. What you got? I'm still feeling that Boys to Men vibe, Justice. Are you ready? Which one? Which song? All right, I'm, I'm going to take it. You come in when you hear it, okay? Okay, hopefully I'm so I excited. Release. Otherwise, this I'll just is, hung. This is going on to Goodbye, Erica. everyone. <laughs> Thank you. And here are Justice and Michelle singing us out of the Panda Pod. All right. This is for you, Erica. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And we out. That was amazing. (laughs) That was so good.